Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Mandy, uh, and we are in 2 Samuel 3, and it kind of feels today like we're just in, like, we're in the midst of these, like, horrible, horrible murders and bloody deaths. I mean, it just sounds like a lot of unfortunate, um, I mean, very aggressive temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what it feels like. It's kind of gross. So you have this situation where, like, Saul is dead. David is is now the king. There's, like, a little bit of, um, Mandy and I were just talking about this. I feel like it's, it's actually just politics. Like, there's these strands of people who are still not loyal to David. Um, and in order to get to a place where we have a united kingdom of Judah and Israel, where there's this united um, tribes under one king, we have to get some of these like insecurities worked out. Some of these people that are, you know, these loyalties have to get worked out uh, and they're almost worked out. So Abner's like, you know what? I don't want to do this Saul thing anymore. I want to make sure all of Israel is united. I'm going to work out this deal with David. Everything's going to be fine. And then he just gets killed dead. So Abner was overseeing what? Abner would have been part of like Saul's army. Okay. So like Ishbosheth, who also dies in this passage, yeah. is, is Saul's son. So okay. not only is he just Saul's son, like he would be part of the the royal line, right? Because we're right. talking about kings and bloodlines right. and all that stuff. So Ishbosheth was currently ruling over a certain area, right? Ishbosheth could have been the rightful heir, if yeah. you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Like, like we don't have all the respect for that because that's not how we do life anymore. Right. But it is like it's kind of important that Ishbosheth, like Ishbosheth's life is important because yeah. it's like, what's going to happen? Is this guy going to stick around and, and lay claim to the throne or is he going to, you know, support David? What's going to happen? Well, he's going to get murdered. Well, here's what though, like, and maybe you can, if this is a cultural thing or whatever, but David is very committed to not laying a finger on yep. anyone that got appointed in any way, even if they're not upstanding. That's actually like, even, even in, so like, like Saul dying, I don't think David lost a ton of sleep over that. Like, I think he knew that he was going to be King. I think he knew that he needed to be ready to rule this nation, but he was very against people killing Saul. Yeah. And he, I mean, and actually he talks about that in this passage. He's like, yeah, this guy came to me, thought he was giving me good news, talking about Saul being dead. And I made sure he was dead too. <laughs> now, what what this passage doesn't say is like one, the, one of those people that came to David, that was his enemy anyway, oh, that he had okay. like committed to wiping out. So. It was just like the icing on the cake. I guess. But I mean, what you do take away from this is David is not really all about this like bloody takeover. Yeah, which is very. He's not against violence. (laughs) David commits a lot of violence. Right. But he's not necessarily down for this like bloody overthrow of Saul's line. Because I think he deeply trusts God. Like he was anointed as king. It's been a long time. It didn't happen instantaneously, obviously, but he deeply trusts God. Exactly. So he doesn't need to be going and stabbing people in the stomach when they're just standing by, you know, like the entry gate. Um, to a city and thinking they're just having a conversation and then they die, which is what happens. But so Abner comes to David, says like, hey, let me take, I'm going to get all the people. They're going to join you. Let's do this. But Abner's kind of David's enemy, right? There's almost peace yeah, in that instant. Almost peace. And then what happens is Joab gets involved mm-hmm. and he goes, wait, don't you think that Abner was just spying on you? And then he loses his marbles and he goes and he kills Abner without David's approval. So I, permission. I look at this and I, and I think we're going to continue to see this. You guys might get sick of me saying stuff like this, but I look at this as you have people here who are loyal to Saul. They're, they're willing to kill for it. You have people that are loyal to David. They're willing to kill for it. That is not what God intended ever. People wanted everyone united. 
Like God wanted everyone united serving him, being loyal to him. Now we're going to see, and this is going to play out over like generations and generations of people who are loyal to different kings, different leaders, and they're willing to commit like horrible violence over it. And it just like, it's, it's weird even like if you read it or if you listen to, if you listen to the reading, it's strange to me even how quickly the violence happens. There's no lead up. There's no takedown. It's just like, and then he was stabbed in the stomach in the corner. Yeah. And it just becomes so normal. Yeah. I do not think that's ever what God intended. And I think it's the, it's the result of people just like really wanting something else to be loyal to. We've seen this over and over. They want to follow an idol. They want to follow a king. They want to follow, you know, whatever it is. And, and the leaders have so much influence because then it talks about when it's setting up the murder of Ishbosheth, Saul's son, it said when he heard about Abner's death, he lost all courage and all Israel became paralyzed with fear. It just makes me think like as leaders and as, you know, I I mean, maybe there was an unhealthy looking up to this person, but if I'm going to apply it to my life now, it's like the way I carry myself, the way I let fear run my own life will have a trickle down effect for my children. So if I'm operating in a spirit of fear, it wouldn't, yeah, I shouldn't be surprised if my kids are dealing with anxiety and fear and all of that stuff. And so it reminds me like... Yo, Mandy, get your mind right. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus because it matters not just for me, but for my children. I think a lot of those fears can come out of things and situations and instances where our loyalties lie in the wrong place. Oh. So, you know, it remains the same. Obviously, we're not, we're not, well, we kind of, we're not picking kings, so to speak, even though we kind of do sometimes. Yeah. Um, the, the charge remains the same for us to stay loyal to God and yes. what God is doing and what God's kingdom is up to. Uh, it's very tempting to get wrapped into all these other things. And a lot of times those those fears, those insecurities, they come out of the wrong loyalties. Yes. Yeah. Ryan, that was so good. Oh, we should geez. just end on that note. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, we are enjoying this. I really do enjoy the story of David and everything that comes out of all these kingdoms that we're going to see take shape. So uh, I hope you're enjoying this as well. We will see you again tomorrow as we continue into Second Samuel. Can't wait. See, see you then. Ya. Second Samuel 3. As the war between the house of Saul and the house of David went on, Abner became a powerful leader among those loyal to Saul. One day, Ishbosheth, Saul's son, accused Abner of sleeping with one of his father's concubines, a woman named Rizpah, daughter of Ea. Abner was furious. Am I some Judean dog to be kicked around like this? He shouted, after all I have done for your father Saul and his family and friends by not handing you over to David, is this my reward that you find fault with me about this woman? May God strike me and even kill me if I don't do everything I can to help David get what the Lord has promised him. I'm going to take Saul's kingdom and give it to David. I will establish the throne of David over Israel as well as Judah, all the way from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. Ishbosheth didn't dare say another word because he was afraid of what Abner might do. Then Abner sent messengers to David saying, doesn't the entire land belong to you? Make a solemn pact with me and I will help turn over all of Israel to you. All right, David replied, but I will not negotiate with you unless you bring back my wife, Michael, Saul's daughter, when you come. David then sent this message to Ishbosheth, Saul's son. Give me back my wife, Michael, for I bought her with the lives of 100 Philistines. So Ishbosheth took Michael away from her husband, Palti, son of Laish. Palti followed along behind her as far as 
Baharim, weeping as he went. Then Abner told him, go back home. So Palti returned. Meanwhile, Abner had consulted with the elders of Israel. For some time now, he told them, you have wanted to make David your king. Now is the time. For the Lord has said, I have chosen David to save my people Israel from the hands of the Philistines and from all of their other enemies. Abner also spoke with the men of Benjamin. Then he went to Hebron to tell David that all the people of Israel and Benjamin had agreed to support him. When Abner and 20 of his men came to Hebron, David entertained them with a great feast. Then Abner said to David, let me go and call an assembly of all Israel to support my Lord, the king. They will make a covenant with you to make you their king and you will rule over everything your heart desires. So David sent Abner safely on his way. But just after David had sent Abner away in safety, Joab and some of David's troops returned from a raid, bringing much plunder with them. When Joab arrived, he was told that Abner had just been there visiting the king and had been sent away in safety. Joab rushed to the king and demanded, what have you done? What do you mean by letting Abner get away? You know perfectly well that he came to spy on you and find out everything you're doing. Joab then left David and sent messengers to catch up with Abner, asking him to return. They found him at the well of Syrah and brought him back, though David knew nothing about it. When Abner arrived back at Hebron, Joab took him aside at the gateway as if to speak with him privately. But then he stabbed Abner in the, in the stomach and killed him in revenge for killing his brother Asahel. When David heard about it, he declared, I vow by the Lord that I and my kingdom are forever innocent of this crime against Abner, son of Ner. Joab and his family are the guilty ones. May the family of Joab be cursed in every generation with a man who has open sores or leprosy, or who walks on crutches, or dies by the sword, or begs for food. So Joab and his brother Abishai killed Abner because Abner had killed their brother Asahel at the Battle of Gibeon. Then Abner said to Joab and all those who were with him, tear your clothes and put on burlap, mourn for Abner. And King David himself walked behind the procession to the grave. They buried Abner in Hebron and the king and all the people wept at his graveside. Then the king sang this funeral song for Abner. Should Abner have died as fools die? Your hands were not bound. Your feet were not chained. No, you were murdered, the victim of a wicked plot. All the people wept again for Abner. David had refused to eat anything on the day of the funeral, and now everyone begged him to eat. But David had made a vow, saying, May God strike me and even kill me if I eat anything before sundown. This pleased the people very much. In fact, everything the king did pleased them. So everyone in Judah and all Israel understood that David was not responsible for Abner's murder. Then King David said, said to his officials, don't you realize that a great commander has fallen today in Israel? And even though I am the anointed king, these two sons of Zeruah, Joab and Abishai, are too strong for me to control. So may the Lord repay these evil men for their evil deeds. When Ishbosheth, Saul's son, heard about Abner's death at Hebron, he lost all courage and all Israel became paralyzed with fear. Now there were two brothers, Bana and Rechab, who were captains of Ishbosheth's raiding parties. They were sons of Rimon, a member of the tribe of Benjamin who lived in Beeroth. The town of Beeroth is now part of Benjamin's territory because the original people of Beeroth fled to Gideon, where they still live as foreigners. One day, Rechab and Bana, the sons of Rimon from Beeroth, went to Ishbosheth's house around noon as he was taking his midday rest. The doorkeeper, who had been sifting wheat, became drowsy and fell asleep. So Rechab and Bana slipped past her. They went into the house and found Ishbosheth sleeping on his bed. They struck and killed him and cut off his head. Then, taking his head with them, they fled across the Jordan Valley through the night. When they arrived at Hebron, they presented Ishbosheth's head to David. Look, they exclaimed to the king, here is the head of Ishbosheth, the son of your enemy Saul, who tried to kill you. Today, the Lord has given my lord the king revenge on Saul and his entire family. 
But David said to Rechab and Bana, The Lord who saves me from all my enemies is my witness. Someone once told me Saul is dead, thinking he was bringing me good news. But I seized him and killed him at Ziklag. That's the reward I gave him for his news. How much more should I reward evil men who have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed? Shouldn't I hold you responsible for his blood and rid the earth of you? So David ordered his young men to kill them, and they did. They cut off their hands and feet and hung their bodies beside the pool in Hebron. Then they took Ishbosheth's head and buried it in Abner's tomb in Hebron. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.